0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition
1: of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. We're all together again. Want to wish a happy Labor Day to
0: everyone in Maddie Lane. Happy Labor Day to you. What did you do today? You know, I had some uh, kids at home. We hung out. We just, we just, we kind chilled. Nice, nice chill day. Catching up on a lot of uh, college football stuff that I may have missed. Unfortunately, talked about Chris Jones and his contract situation. Craig, what, what, what about you? How was your day, buddy?
2: Oh yeah, it was great. Um, I did not labor today, so I did the holiday correctly. Made some delicious food. Kicking my feet back, ready to talk some football with my pal. I am. what did you look up to?
1: Oh, thanks for asking, Maddie. You're welcome. Oh, I didn't care. I know. Oh, well, you I, just to be clear, There's a lot of things you don't like. Um, I got up early in golf. I went to the peanut after after said golf, which Craig would like. Then I got an impromptu uh, offer for some nice Royals tickets. Went and saw Cole Reagan's shove. Uh, Cole Reagan's, just so you guys know, is a pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. They got him in the Heraldus Chapman shade, and he's been fantastic. Went to the pool. And now I'm here talking to you guys. I had a phenomenal Labor Day. Like I, I labored with all the labors of love I have. So it was, it was all, it was wonderful. Had a great time, kid.
0: Kid, I'm very, I'm very happy for you. But um, I do got to say something, guys. Oh no! In a a NFL regular season football, it's not coming. It's here! It's here! It's here. (laughs) It's here!
2: God, what a what a terrific video. Go on, go watch Dion's
1: pregame speech if you haven't yet. Uh, Man. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was uh that was an elite that was an elite speech by Dion. I was ready to play for him. Like I get it. Like you can go down book. the road and play for him. Like
2: I <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna suit up and he's gonna tell me I need to transfer.
0: That's yeah, gonna might, you might be a couple months late, but like if you would have asked a few months ago, they were accepting literally everybody. <laughs> I I do want to
1: shout out college football for getting us all the way to two days before the NFL season starts. Like we got Monday we got football on Monday night right now. We got uh, you know, we had great football all week and you know, we're gonna blink and it's gonna be Tuesday and we're like, oh, Chiefs are back on Thursday. Like I it's we're so close. I can't wait. I'm so I'm beyond elated that this is uh yeah, shout out college football for taking care of us. Like this was this was a great slate of college football too. i very much enjoyed all the games and I am hopefully uh going to enjoy Duke and Riley Leonard beating Clemson tonight. So uh we have plenty to talk about tonight. Um there's just there's some there's some things going on here, both good and bad for the Chiefs roster, right? Let's talk about the good off the top. Brett Veach a few days ago uh says there's a good chance. That Legereus Sneed and Kadarius Tony will be back for week one. Limited participants in practice today, so obviously a little bit of, you know, cautious optimism still, I would, you know, I would say. Um, but by you know, all indications, it seems like they are trending in the right direction to be playing for this team. Tomorrow's a huge day, obviously, with the um, you know, with the practice determination or with the the status determinations for the game. Man, let's start with Kadarius Toney. Uh, got through punt return drills, first off, looks like, which was just a huge step in the right direction, and some positive feedback from Patrick Mahomes. Man, I, We haven't talked about Kadarius Toney at all, you know, for like a month, because there's been so many storylines around the receiver room, but it would be nice to have Kadarius Tony back in the mix immediately in week one.
0: I mean, yes, I think it would be, but I also don't think there's a pressure, to, um, I, was, I We talked about this a little bit with uh, Josh Frisco on 21 Questions this week. It is a perfect spot for Kadarius Tony, right? It's absolutely a perfect spot. There's zero pressure for him to come out and be, I mean, not only to play, but, like, if he does play, to be a typical wide receiver. He does not need to go out there and run 25, 30, 40 real routes. He just needs to go out there and for what however many snaps he can give, go be a super athlete for the two to three touches that he gets. And if he's healthy and it works, it's awesome. If he's not healthy, if that those plays can't work, I don't think the Chiefs are in a situation that they need him to do that. At least that's the hope. They don't need, they were not going to need him there to do it. So I think it's a great spot for the Chiefs to be in. I am really intrigued how this shakes up the wide receiver depth chart, how it shakes up Which players are active? If they're all active, who's the inactive wide receiver? If there isn't one, how this messes with the rotation that we kind of got used to through three preseason games that were pretty static? Like, what are we looking at here? Once Kadarius Tony's just thrown back into the mix, I don't know if we know yet.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think this points to him having a package place and him, you know, stepping foot on the field for you know maybe ten to fifteen snaps. Cut to he's going to play you know forty or fifty, but. He he looked good in the drills that we got to see him in today. The stuff that the Chiefs allowed, uh, you know, basically out for the practice film there. He looked good moving. So that, that's really good to see. It really is just about making sure that he's healthy at the right time. I understand that he wants to put together an entire season, week one, all the way through to the Super Bowl. He wants to show I can stay healthy. I am a very integral part of this team. And I deserve to be treated as such because he hasn't been able to do that in his NFL career yet. So totally get he himself wanting to rush it back. I am more than happy. Like Maddie said, this is a perfect situation. I'm more than happy to just say, hey, man, take it easy. We'll get to you week two, three, four, you know, because there are a lot of wide receivers on this roster that aren't as good as Kadarius Toney. I'm not trying to say that, you know, these guys are stepping foot on the field and they're already better than Kadarius Toney. You want him healthy at the right time. I'm okay with treating him with a little bit of kid gloves at the moment because he is going to be so important to this team later on while simultaneously being excited to see what the Chiefs have in store for him because they have a lot of plans for him this year. Hopefully, his injury during training camp did not derail those plans, but even if it did and he's got this package of place, he's still a very effective player that can contribute in a big, big way for this
1: offense. The Chiefs wanted it out there that that they see him as a wide receiver one type. This is this is something that we've heard multiple times. I know Maddie, you bumped the brakes, but this is something the Chiefs have wanted out there that they view him so highly and they have him in such high regard as a player. And he, I, I heard you guys both talk a little bit about rotation and packages and I I'm him his entrance into the mix is so fascinating to me if it is going to be this week. Uh, and great that he's practicing by the way. It's just it's just good that he's on the in on the right track and by all indications it seems like he should be available for week one. But just I think there's so much unsettled about how that group shakes out. And like I think we have an idea of who the core players will be early because of trust, talent, you know, MVS, you know, I think we'll see some Justin Watson involved. Sky Moore obviously. But it's everybody else, right? There's there's still so many moving pieces and parts about who's gonna be a package player, how big the package is for each individual player. I'm just I'm so interested in all that. I just I I am it's gonna be fun. Like it's just it's gonna be fun to see how that thing how that group shakes out in the in the week one, in the first look and where the trust is placed initially and how strongly this team believes that they need to get certain players involved.
0: So how do how do we think let's assume all seven guys are healthy. How do you guys think it plays out for week one? Who's active, who's not active, what's kind of your distribution here of snaps? Or I mean like you know, I don't need specifics, but just how do you envision this working going into week one, assuming all seven players are completely healthy?
2: Hmm. I it's tough. I don't know that you can keep seven wide receivers active. I just don't know that you can I want to, but I don't know if you can. And so yeah, I'll, I'll be the guy that says it. I think that leaves Justin Ross out in the cold there in that scenario where you have to keep one of them inactive. Richie James is your punt and kick returner. They got plans for Rashi Rice. They got plans for Justin Watson. He's one of the starting wide receivers and obviously MDS, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony are going to be also some of your starting wide receivers. So I'll be the guy that everybody craps on this week. If you win that, if you don't have all seven active, it is Justin Ross, in my mind, is the guy that's not active for this team.
1: Yeah, and I do think all seven get involved. I, I actually, you know, it does seem like they, it could be trending in that direction, believe it or not, just because of some of the context. So Andy says there's a chance that seven could. Um, and then, uh, you know, Dave Tobe saying that Justin Ross will play some special teams for this team. That makes me think that there's a realistic shot that all seven are going to play. I think Justin Ross's package, like you just going, I, we talk about package players. I think it'll be small. Like, I think, I think, I don't think it'll be a big, a big undertaking early on for him. I could see some red zone looks as a, as an X type player. Um, just kind of like what we saw in the preseason. I don't think, I don't know if, how big Richie James' role will be. Like, I could see them try to use like utilizing him a little bit on some of the manufactured stuff if they don't want to get, you know, too much pressure on. Uh, Kadarius Tony early, you know, it seems like they've tried to utilize Richie James in some of those kind of looks um, in recent you know, kind of recent, and I, I think you know, Rashi Rice I think will be a similar snap count to what we saw this Sky Moore, maybe a little bit of an uptick uh, his rookie year, so that's, in. yeah, I think MVS and Sky Moore are going to be the, the two snap count leaders for this team in week one
0: Yeah, so I think uh, MVS and Skymore are definitely going to be like your two lead guys. They're going to do a lot of different stuff. They're going to be involved in a lot of different plays. MVS's role is probably going to be pretty static. He's a vertical X-Y receiver that might run a couple bender routes over the middle of the field, but realistically, he's running straight down the field the most of the time, right? And Sky Moore, I think, will get a lot more. He'll be used short. He'll be used over the middle. He'll be used out wide. Like, I think he'll do a lot more, but those two guys will get the most. I don't know where it goes from there, though. I, I thought Rishi Rice, they got him involved in a lot of different ways in the preseason, but is that so that he's ready to fill in everywhere and he's just going to have a small package of plays that's mostly yards after the catch kind of stuff, which is fine if that's the case, but then what are you also doing with Richie James and Kadarius Tony if you're scheming up yards after the catch touches, especially out of the slot for Rishi Rice? Entirely different package, but you're starting to step on each other's toes of usage-wise. Then you get to Justin Watson who's another vertical outside wide receiver who's going to be out there to block and because he's you know reliable and knows the offense. I don't I just don't know where they're going to go with it. The one thing I got a very interesting point that I thought of just the other day. Kadarius Tony comes back. His package of plays, probably the most impactful he'll be is in the red zone. Right? Like that is where Kadarius Tony's ability to stretch the field horizontally will come into play most frequently. What does that do for Justin Ross, whose package of plays is also probably in the red zone? Entirely different type of play but how many packaged specialized plays for a sp- single specialized wide receivers can you have adjust the red zone well
1: and like that's a great point but you know i i don't think it's you know like, i i think just uh i think it can be a both kind of thing too like you can have a x iso backside tag type play where th- if you like your one-on-one you can take it you could still work something with a fast to the flat Kadarius Tony or some kind of, you know, something working front side still. Like, I think they can work in tandem with each other. Obviously, you're getting into some of the Travis Kelsey stuff a little bit too because you want to ISO him a little bit at times. But I think there is a world where Justin Ross and Kadarius Tony are on the field and you can kind of, I don't want to say, it's not merging two concepts together. I think there's structure enough to allow both to be on the field and both have opportunities. The, like, an X rod receiver, a lot of times with an X wide receiver, especially if it's a three-by-one type look, it's, if you like it, take it. If you like your matchup. If you like your option. And a lot of times, this is getting a little teary, but some, like, the quarterback can just tag whatever he wants to that X. So sometimes it'll be that the play call will be, hey, X tag. And it's like, I'll, I'm, I'm going to let you know what I want. I'm going to let you know what I want. And then you've got your front side concept that maybe it's something, you're, you know, you've got... Kadarius motioning into the flat or something like that. So you've got the strengths of him. You've got the backside stuff. It's not necessarily manufactured. There's just options that appeal on both sides of the ball.
0: I mean, I think it's definitely possible they work it out. I'm just I'm curious as to how much Andy Reid wants to put two very specialized package players in the red zone at the same time, and just what what that does for the users. That's my only. That was just my only thought with it. Is we've already talked about Ross being a red zone weapon replacing Jody Fortson. And that's kind of where Kadarius Toney or McColl Hardman last year made a lot of their best work was in the red zone. Those two didn't overlap a ton, though. The way injuries played out and everything like that, there wasn't a ton of overlap between those two things working together. So I just, I wonder if those two guys being healthy at once eats into the way you would realistically utilize one or the other. It was just, it's something that never crossed my mind because they're entirely different players. But I wonder if the Chiefs aren't trying to use them both in the same situation on the field. Yeah, I mean, I,
2: I, I agree with all of that. I, I just wanted to say the word package one more time because I think we've said it the most that anybody can possibly say it in a 15 minutes.
1: Period. That. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this package.
3: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
0: It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs.
4: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
5: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Chiefs cornerback LeJarius Sneed is trending in the right direction to play week one. There's been a lot of management of him and some injuries that he's been navigating uh, through training camp, missed a large stretch of training camp. Man, it'd be nice to see him back in the mix, Maddie.
0: No, it, it absolutely would, and it sounds like he's trending the the right direction. But um, there was a little bit coming out today in which the it was Spags was asked a little bit about uh, Legarius Sneed. and if he'd be on a pitch count, he said it's up to him. Right? He said that he's been practicing good. He had a good practice uh, the other day. It would be entirely up to him, but it was presented as there being a potential kind of like pitch count for Legarius Sneed. It sounds like Spags is not going to be putting him on one, but he kind of left it open-ended that, you know, he might not be feeling 100%. And if he tells us that he's not feeling 100%, then we are going to have to dial back some of his snaps a little bit. And you know, it, was just, it was noteworthy because there's a guy that missed all of preseason. I don't know if it was the team holding him back. I don't know if they just didn't want to risk it or if he didn't feel like he was 100% to play. I guess we are going to find out as the season goes on. But I just thought it was very interesting that, you know, limited snaps for Legereus Sneed kind of pops up while he's also limited in practice as we kind of get into game week here. Uh,
2: Sneed at least is different than Tony. Like the, the big offseason for Tony and wanting to get him on the field and try and get him to understand the playbook better and get integrated with the offense. I completely got that. I don't have that worry with Lejarius Sneed at all. I mean, hell, he came out of college and Steve Spagnolo basically said, okay, forget everything you know, we're going to play you in all these different positions. We're gonna blitz the hell out of you. We're gonna do all of this stuff. I'm not worried about him from a reps perspective. I'm more worried about that knee. You know that that's it is now a laundry list, kind of like Tony, a laundry list of injuries that Lejarius Sneed has undergone here and where I feel like Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you know, and that offense can absorb the blow of maybe losing Kadarius Tony for a little bit. I think this defense needs. I don't think people realize how important he was, not just from an impact perspective from the slot last year, but in creating pressure. I have an article coming out tomorrow on KCSN Daily, that's kcsn.substack.com, talking about the first seven weeks of the season last year, before the bye week, the blitz percentages, where the pressure came from, hint, it wasn't from the four-man rush and the success rate that kind of came with some of that stuff. But Jerry Sneed was so important to this team as they were getting their feet with the four-man rush early on in the season. If he's not there and they're missing Chris Jones, so that four-man rush is going to be getting its feet again, that, that creates all kinds of trouble. I am really worried about the defense in that scenario there because they do need those sorts of guys. I like Shamari Connor a lot. I think that he's got room to grow into that role. I like Willie Gay Blitzen off of the other side of the defense there, but LeJaria Sneed was just different in everything that he did for this team last year and what they were able to accomplish early on to get them up to the point where they could be a successful pass rush. He's not their week one. I am worried about the amount of pressure that they're going to be able to bring.
1: Well, and I also just think about the variance of the cornerback position this year, you know, that we've seen early on. Now, look, you don't want to make too big of overreactions to stuff from training camp or stuff from preseason games. But you hear, you know, you do, you also got to take some of the comments about this secondary, you know, some of these young sophomore cornerbacks uh, from Steve Spagnolo, I think challenging these guys to be better. And ch- look, challenging them is great too. Like don't get, <laughs> they, sophomore is the, the, going from a rookie to a to a second year player, it is very valuable to push these guys to kind of break through some of the so- sophomore slumps that a lot of uh, NFL players can experience. And, you know, they had to, you know, they, they, they made some relatively public statements about, Hey, look, you know, I had to tell one of the, the second year corners, you're making mistakes you were making as a rookie, you know, and, and putting the pressure on them because this team needs it, especially, you know, we don't know this, you know, for sure. It's not a lock that, you know, it's great that LeJarrius Steen's back in practice. He's back in. But we don't know 100% lockdown that he's, you know, going to be playing. And they might have to rely, to Craig's point, on a little bit more variance. In the cornerback position, if they don't have Legere Steen back on the field there. Um, How, let's just say, like, okay, we feel good about what this team can do on the back seven, if Legereus Sneed's in the mix? Liger-
0: I, I think so. I, I think I feel good, but like I have more questions after seeing the preseason, and I don't want to overreact to the preseason. That's why I'm not saying I am concerned, but I have more questions. I The safety play got better as it went on, but it, I still wouldn't say the safety play notably took a jump from last year, like I thought it was going to, and then they were playing without Legereus Sneed. So now my question is, and this goes back to Craig's point, is Sneed playing in the slot? We saw Trent McDuffie with Sneed out essentially get booted out of the slot the last two preseason games. Is that entirely just because Sneed's injured and they wanted to keep him outside? Or is Sneed the guy coming back to play in the slot? That's the opposite of how they ended last year where Trent McDuffie was that guy. So like I even just have straight up alignment questions with the cornerback position once Sneed comes back because I don't think we have an answer. Personally, I think Trent McDuffie goes back to the slot with LeJerry Sneed. I don't think they're trusting Jalen Watson right now which it also is interesting to me that Spagnolo said directly Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson were going to rotate as outside corner opposite of, you know, outside there with the quarterback three. He said they were going to rotate again, much like last year. So that's another thing that there was kind of a wrench in just what this rotation looks like.
1: Yeah.
2: Steve Spagnolo, I think, has maybe fallen in love with doing that a little bit, just getting guys lots of reps and making sure they're prepared in case of injury or anything like that. I think, you know, I'm going to say his name. Everybody's going to hate me for this too. Mike Hughes you know, rotated in with Rashad Fenton a lot on this team a couple of years ago. You know, they, they've they been doing that, but Shad Breland rotated as well. Like, there was a lot of rotation on the outside, especially early in the season. I think once we got to the playoffs, there was a little bit of Joshua Williams, but it was mostly the Jalen Watson show. I do think that they, just getting them reps there. But yeah, I, I have questions about who's aligning where. Steve Spagnuolo, I think with his usage with Shamari Connor in the slot, told me that that's what they want to do with Legereus Sneed, because they are not like-for-like players, but similar enough in build, you know, the play style, explosion certainly, to be able to say, okay, we need to be able to blitz out of the slot a little more. Trent McDuffie's good at it too, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as high of a priority for Trent McDuffie to be there as maybe it was towards the end of last year when you saw Legereus Sneed kind of chasing some guys around and by default when they get into some of those looks it was Trent McDuffie in the slot. So, I do think that the Jaguars need has a big plan for him and that might be why the secondary looked a little bit shaky at times. It limited some of the things that they felt comfortable getting on tape and exercising out there. They certainly ran a little bit more than static cover 2 throughout the season or throughout the preseason, so they were trying some stuff. But a lot of the gaps and the the areas of the field that you kind of looked at and you're like, oh man, somebody screwed up. It largely was that kind of position, that slot position that Lejarius Sneed would be in there. Certainly he's gonna cover that up a little bit more, but I, I don't know. I, I do think the secondary could be strong with Lejarius Sneed out there if he's not there or if he's not a hundred percent. I'm really, really worried about the defense.
1: We're gonna be talking about Chris in a second. Uh don't don't worry everybody. But um just thinking through some of this stuff too, it's like, and this is a little bit into the game preview stuff, but you just, I mean, Shamari, you looking to maybe utilize him more as a blitzer. You look in the blitz from the slot a little bit more. Uh, you've got some capable blitzers, you know, at your linebacker position. Yeah. This team needs the secondary to step up in a big way because they got to be able to hold up for manufactured pressure. And so it's not you're right a lot of static cover too because they get home four. Mm-hmm. no problems getting home four. so yeah it, it is kind of an interesting um it's an it's just an interesting angle to look at is maybe maybe they are rearing up to just send send some stuff <laughs> you know and like i don't know i i I, I mean, no kidding. Can't like, have you ever watched the Steve Spagnolo defense, but like, but even more so like it's even more yeah. so than just the standard
2: spags where he's going to get into the blitz packages, especially on third and long. He wants to do that last year. It was like, okay, we're going to let the, the four man rush try for a little while at the beginning of the game. And then at a certain point he was just like, all right, screw it. We're not messing around with that anymore. We're bringing the heat. And it, that's what it was. And so the numbers may look like they're a little closer to the blitz percentages in previous years, but it wasn't. It was literally we're going to try this for a period here, and then we're going to blitz the hell out of everybody.
0: Yeah, they they definitely d- dialed back the blitzing. I mean, last year, especially early in the season through the middle, like there was certain matchups where they sent a lot, but like the Buffalo Bills game against Josh Allen. Like, right there was certain plays or games where they decided to send a ton of pressure. But for the most part, they tried to let that four-man pass rush do its thing, and it did a lot of the time. I don't think that's gonna be the plan this year, especially without Chris Jones, especially while Charles O'Minihue is suspended. They Steve Spagnuolo is gonna get back into his you know old school kind of I'm gonna blitz from all these different places, and so I actually think that's a very good point that you had brought up before. Craig was, I feel like. Trent McDuffie's their slot corner in a perfect world. The problem is they're not living in a perfect world right now. So if they do have to create extra pressure, like if they now know after that first preseason game, something changed because Trent McDuffie wasn't the slot for that game. That very first one against the Saints, he was their slot corner, but then something changed. I don't know if it was the Sneed injury entirely, if it was the other corners letting them down, or they're like, okay, we might have to prepare ourselves to adding extra Extra rushers. And the best way to get our best coverage guys on the field and best blitzers is to put Snead back in the slot. And if we're going to call slot blitzes, not that McDuffie's bad at it, just Snead is better. Shamari Connor might be better with the extra size and stuff. So I do wonder if actually they might be changing where their corners align based entirely around the lack of pass rush on the defensive front. I hadn't given too much thought to it because I think Trip McDuffie is just better and the slot better suited, better athlete to play in the slot than LeJerry Sneed is, just his athletic skill set, but if blitzing's going to be a huge part of it, I don't know. That makes sense. It
1: does. No, it makes it. It makes some sense, like, just I, I working through it a little bit. Mm. One quick thing about LeJerry Sneed, you said the, the injuries keep piling up, and, like, there's been talk about, hey, let, is this a guy you try to get extended early and all that stuff? Another injury setback, this has been a lot of injuries piling up do we think this is affecting his long term outlook in Kansas City? And I, another point, he turned 24 his rookie year. So this is an older, this is an older prospect coming out of college. Do we think do we think he gets a long term extension done when it's all said and done? Yes or no, Craig?
2: Uh mm.
1: yes, because Patrick Mahomes mentioned him
2: by name. Like it, it, that one feel also mentioned Chris Jones. I well, hey, listen, we're getting ready to talk about it. There's money on the table there. I, I do think that this team has a very strong affinity for Lejarius Need, specifically Steve Spagnello. If he's around, I can definitely see an avenue towards Lejarius Need getting paid. Now, it may not be as much as maybe as it was, you know, before the injuries, before all this stuff. I like that may have taken a hit, but I can see an avenue towards them still being the best offer for LeJarius Sneed, making a competitive one, but not being like this upper echelon sort of cornerback kind of pay that would come with a guy that has made some of the impacts that he has.
0: Sneed turns 27 before this season ends. That's not old. That's still That's smack in the middle of your prime for the NFL, right? But the thing is, that means you kind of have one contract left. From the Chiefs especially, you kind of have one contract left. Even from his perspective, He's got one contract left to really maximize his big payday. And being 27, no matter how good he is this year, he's probably not getting a four or five-year type deal that you expect to play out of from a team like the Chiefs. So I mean, if Chris Jones signs a long-term deal with the Chiefs, no, I don't think Legeria Seed gets one like this upcoming offseason. I think it might get a little tight for a player that you probably don't that they probably don't want to give a long, long-term deal to. If they don't keep Chris Jones, Yeah, I could see them trying to pay LeJerry Sneed for a couple extra seasons to keep some kind of continuity while they go young again on the defensive line. So I think it kind of starts there. Like, he's not young, and I really do think that throws a wrench in there. I don't mean that he's an old player. It's just when you look at the Chiefs, and then you look at positions like corner, those guys don't hold on forever. 27 at the end of the season. That's a time to start thinking about what to do coming up next
3: for the Chiefs. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
0: Hey, guys, it's Benny Heiss from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, Perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So, no matter your skill level, you can be fitted for PXG's flagship Gen 6 clubs. They're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913. 913- three nine six six one zero zero. can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing
1: that's over NFL is here in Draftkings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving you a can't miss offer for week one. this week, new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on an NFL game. Draftkings is hooking everyone up. With game day greatness, all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code KCSN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 H or 8 H O P E N Y or text Hope N Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, Boyd in Ontario. CDKNG.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. We have some bets that we like on DraftKings for Chiefs, Lions, week one. Matthew, what do you got? I
0: mean, listen. You mean there's, there, when if you got a good thing going, you got to keep it. That means we're going right back to the well. We took, last week, Travis Kelsey season over on everything, but yards was one of them. This week, we are coming at you. We are taking Travis Kelsey over on the yards. I believe it is set at 80.5 yards for Travis Kelsey in this game. We talked a lot about the uncertainty in the Chiefs wide receiver room. Well, guess what? One player is real certain. That's Travis Kelsey. When all else fails, you throw the ball to 87. The Chiefs, you need to put up points. Give me Travis Kelsey and the over on the receiving yards being the one constant from this team year in and year out. Another day, another Travis Kelsey over hits, baby.
2: Sky Moore has been kind of hidden from us this preseason. That's either because the team doesn't think that he's got big things in store this year or they think he's got super big things in store this year. I am going to, in week one, bet the over on Sky Moore yards, not the 38 and a half. Let's bump that up. I'm taking 44 and a half. I think he's going to get a lot of volume targets. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls in the intermediate section of the field where Travis Kelsey is going to get doubled on some third downs. I think he's going to be a guy on third downs that Patrick Mahomes counts on a little bit. Not expecting huge, big chunk plays by any means. But a lot of good solid yardage totaling up to that 44 and a half. So I'm hitting the over on Sky Moore this week.
1: I mean, I'll just start doing the math here. Okay. Travis Kelsey over, Sky Moore over. I'll just go Patrick LaVon Mahomes over 298 and a half passing yards. And look, I'm not getting too much into the game preview, but I think Patrick Mahomes is ready for a shoot, shootout. And I think Patrick Levon Mahomes is going to go scorched earth on the opening NFL night. Because I think there's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of chatter. This team uh, is motivated for a lot of different reasons. We'll talk about them on Thursday. But I could see Mahomes lighten up the scoreboard. I could see Mahomes slinging the ball all over the yard. Especially on a suspect Detroit Lions team that liked to play some some shootouts last season. I think this could be a really fun game. And I think Patrick Mahomes slinging the rock around the yard. Uh, gonna be a lot of fun. I, I like the overs for both. I like the overs in the passing game. That's what I like. 298 and a half yards, Patrick Levon Mahomes over on Draft It's been very, and it's been going up a couple point, you know, a couple yards here or there. So it's been two, it's 298 as of today. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Chris Jones situation. It's time. Uh, obviously, still not reporting. Sunday seemed like a very big deadline for him to report as the Chiefs are getting their practices in in preparation for their week one game. Chris Jones is still not here. We're starting to see a lot of numbers fly around from a contractual perspective. Uh, It seems like more is getting out into the media, Matthew.
0: What are we doing here? What in the world is going on? Okay, these these are media leaks of the... Not media, these are leaks of the contract We have learned them from multiple different sources. They have been reported in various different ways. But the numbers are actually coming back pretty much the same. I think we have a pretty darn good idea at what the current offer that is reported being out there from the Chiefs to Chris Jones is. And we have a pretty good idea of what Chris Jones wants. And they're a little bit apart. One side, the Chiefs are kind of offering... A Chris Jones, an extension that is two years for, comes out per year at $27.25 million. That is the reported deal that the Chiefs have put out there. Oh, by the way, that's fully guaranteed. Do you know where that ranks? Do you know where that ranks among NFL defensive players, Craig?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's they the do. It's, third, it's very high up there, buddy.
0: The third highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Do you know who he's behind, guys? Aaron Donald. That's a lot of defensive players of the year. He kind of led the league in sacks before. And TJ Watt. Huh. He's another guy who kind of led the league in sacks before. He's literally third behind just those two players in a fully guaranteed extension. That's not good enough. That's not enough money. Chris Jones would rather have a, you know, two-year extension if we're not going to tear up the, the final end of the deal. If we're not going to tear up that, this final year on this deal like no NFL teams do besides the Rams trying to get Aaron Donald out of retirement. But nobody else does this. He would rather have a two-year extension for 32 million dollars per year also fully guaranteed guess where that puts him at Kent guess guess what rank that would put him among defensive players in the NFL pretty pretty high number one is it one one roughly Roughly highest paid defensive player in the NFL now so surely surely he has a league lead in sacks defensive player of the year awards or something to go on that no no, he doesn't? Oh, okay. But he doesn't want to get paid or treated like Aaron Donald for multiple different reports now. Okay. Craig, t- tell me. What What am I missing here? What am I missing you're, in saga right now?
2: You're missing a whole lot of conversations about whether or not they're tearing up a deal, whether or not they're including the $19.5 million base salary this year. The whole thing has now become a public media fight, which tells you that these numbers are real, in my opinion. Like, typically, when, when you see some of this stuff, especially early on, you'll see a number thrown out there, and then you don't hear a rebuttal for a little bit. We have been fast and furious with the numbers that have come out and the responses to all of that. I believe, I do fully believe that Chris Jones and the Katz brothers, based on the media reports out here, want the Kansas City Chief to rip up the last year of his deal want this to be you know a fully guaranteed thing that you know it works out to be what it's going to be that has really only happened a very small handful of times i know everybody keeps looking at the aaron donald deal guys aaron donald was going to retire like he told the team i am going to retire you know what happened if aaron donald retired the rams are gonna have a 26 and dollar dead cap hit They were going to be paying him just as much to not play football as they were when they signed him to that deal. This was not a scenario where they were like, man, we really appreciate you. We got to take care of you. And so those comparisons need to stop. All the
1: leverage in the world was with Aaron Donald there. Yeah, go. I want to let you cook entirely. But one other quick sidebar, just so you know, Aaron Donald peaks better than Chris Jones. Aaron Donald's legacy, like, his longevity has, has been better than Chris Jones. Aaron Donald is a better football player than Chris Jones has been. I'm sorry. Aaron Donald is one of the greatest players in the history of the National Football League. Sure. He is a slam-dunk, locked-down, first-ballot Hall of Famer. Chris still has some work to do there. Not diminishing Chris in its entirety, but there are just other extenuating factors here that, in reality, Chris, Aaron Donald had more legs to stand on just from a body of work perspective, too. And it's because he's literally one of the greatest players in the... One of the greatest defensive players in the history of the National Football League. Please continue to cook, Craig.
2: Well, and I don't even really view it in that way. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever play this game. He's not the highest paid quarterback in the league. That that happens. That stuff happens. Like, I'm not even... Holding it up against that and saying you have to be at Aaron Donald level to get this. That's fine. Contracts are going to surpass Aaron Donald very soon. Matter of fact, it might be a BOSA coming soon (laughs) for all we know. Like, I mean, it might be very, very soon here. I'm not that hung up on that side of this. I'm hung up on the fact that we're talking about $9.5 million, according to Nick Wright. Coming out there, $9.5 million between the two sides over two years. That's a lot of money. I'm not trying to diminish that, but these are fully guaranteed contracts. Brett Veach is stepping so far outside of what his bubble has been in the past. Paying somebody like this, paying somebody over the age of 29 here, 28 realistically, because Brett Veach doesn't like to do that, it shows how outside the mold it is for the Kansas City Chiefs to make this offer to Chris Jones at what equates to $27.5 million in new money. Again, I said new money there. I know there's a lot of dispute over what that means with the 19 and a half. There's no dispute. I, I know. I know. No there's a lot of conversation. But anyway, it's new money there. And he wants $32 million in new money there. So I, that's where the disconnect is. And that's all of the disconnect. And again, because it's being a public media fight, I think you are seeing that these numbers are accurate. That these numbers are exactly where both sides stand, and I don't see a scenario right now where either side caves, and that's the that the shitty part about all of this. It realistically is you got one side that has drawn their line that said, "I need to be paid this much money in new money," and you got another side that said, "Hey, listen, I we're willing to go to this bar," and both of them are outside of what you know. What was expected in this entire thing? The Chiefs have come to a spot that I didn't think they were going to come to with a fully guaranteed contract, and Chris Jones is at a spot that I didn't think he was going to come to from a monetary perspective.
1: That's just where we are right now, and it sucks to be here. I think it was a great offer by the Chiefs. And you just, like, to your point, they went out of their norms to try to accommodate that. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Quentin Williams didn't get paid as much as you hoped he did. You know, there's there's no there's no happy medium there. But it, it, that I mean, that doesn't even sound like it's you know like it it's really he wants more than Aaron Donald, but there doesn't seem to be an appealing happy medium for him either. Is is kind of what it feels like. And oh, I mean, he okay he he sets out to week eight. All that eight million dollars he's fighting for is gone. Like I just. Like I don't understand. I don't... That, uh, yeah, that's the hard part. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. does it? And I like we don't have to try to rationalize the decision making. It doesn't make sense, and I can't believe that the the lengths that are being gone to miss time. When I don't think there's a deal out there that is, I like who's willing to, who's willing to pay him that much guaranteed money.
2: I was shocked when I heard that it was fully guaranteed. Yeah, like I, I was absolutely shocked. That is not what this team has done with players of this age. It shows. I, I don't. I, that screams we value this player. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I, anyway, yeah, go Maddie.
0: No, I just the whole situation. It it's been mind boggling me from the get go because I, I think the Chiefs have. I think the Chiefs gave a very fair offer and a good offer to Chris Jones. Yes. I also think it is very much in the best interest for the Chiefs. It is in the best interest for the Chiefs to get Chris Jones on their team locked up for two more years, two years after this one. So three more total seasons. That is the perfect time to be off the books from a defensive tackle that will be, what, 31 at the time going into his 32-year-old season. That is the perfect time to get out of it. So it's a very good deal for the Chiefs, but it also puts Chris Jones smack dab in the middle of defensive tackle three. And defensive tackle one, right where he claims that he wants to be. On top of that, there's no other defensive tackle coming up to come after his name here. Like, there's no no ally for him. There's nobody else coming along that is about to push that up. Everybody younger than him just got paid. They're going at least two, if not three more years on their current deals that they have now. He's got no help in this. He hits free agency next year. Yeah, he might get close to getting this $27 million per year again. You know what he's not getting though in free agency? A fully guaranteed deal. And especially if he comes back this season and isn't as good, if he comes back and has another dip backwards in production like he had after his last 15 and a half sack season, he might not get the $27 million a year again. He's not putting himself in the right position to maximize his money. I'm never going to be upset with a player trying to maximize his money. I don't understand the plan behind doing it right now for Chris Jones. I I am criticizing his plan to do so right now, not the not his desire to do it. I just don't understand how he's sitting there looking his agents in the eyes and they're telling him and he's agreeing with them or vice versa that what they are doing is their best plan to maximize his money going forward throughout the rest of his playing career. It doesn't make sense.
2: I mean, I've I've said it before the longer he holds out, the lower his base salary gets against, you know, the, this year It lowers the cap next year. It increases the likelihood that the chiefs could tag and trade him to wherever they feel he needs to be or wherever they get the best offer for, which again is not the open market where you're having everybody bid on you. Like I have maintained all along. It's like, Hey, listen, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not worried about Chris Jones showing up. I still think he's going to be here. Week one. We're here. He's not. Um, And now I'm, i'm just confused as to the why and i think that we're seeing a little bit of that i think we we got a very small peek into travis Kelsey's psyche there on the podcast and he certainly walked about his podium interview was a lot more you know hey listen do what you got to do chris Mm. you know but okay we we want to do this we want to win and all of that which i truly believe but who's getting more more fed up andy andy is Beyond fed up. Andy was fed up when he didn't show up for training camp. But Andy's fed up with everybody who goes to training camp. Again, that's another one of them.
1: fed up is a lie. Yeah, that's another
2: one that I'm like, you know what? Andy gets over that stuff real quick when guys show up and they play well. So now the worry is, when's he going to show up? What shape's he going to be in? Is he going to play well? All of these questions. The Chiefs still are putting $19.5 million on the table for Chris Jones this year. They They... They're still giving him a boatload of money and offered way more. I had theories that I was cooking throughout this entire process about Clark Hunt, his liquidity, the cash that he was willing to put out there, buddy. Twenty-seven and a half million dollars—a lot of people guaranteed over two years. I can I can go ahead and put that one off to of the side because that's a, that's a chunk of
0: change that he was going to have to put in escrow immediately. People are coming at Clark like crazy yeah. for being cheap. And while this deal hasn't been signed, so there is a chance that this is not a hundred percent true. There's a chance, mm-hmm. but it's been reported by enough places now that I think that this is an offer that is available. It wouldn't be out there this available. People were coming at Clark, calling him cheap. Oh, yeah. They were trying to. They people were really mad with Clark Hunt for calling him cheap. There is no way that he is the issue here. He is not the issue. You could be mad at Brett. Not like, on this maybe. One. If you wanted, yeah. If you want to take an angle of being mad at not Chris Jones being on his side, that's fine. You just can't be mad at Clark Hunt. You gotta be mad at somebody else because he is opening up that pocketbook if somebody's asking. I was.
1: I, I'm sorry. I like. There's so much. Like, there's so many angles to this thing that just make me. I don't want to Chris too much, but like one of the other things I was thinking about when we're going through all these discussions. I mean, it's it's such a bold risk. It's so bold. I think the, all of it's bold. And I don't know if that's a good kind of... I don't, I'm not sure it's a good kind of bold. I don't think it's going to... I don't think the byproduct of this is going to be successful. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are already sick of this whole conversation. I think there's a lot of people that are sick of the negotiations. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to look at things a little differently uh, towards Chris Jones after this, whether he signs a contract or not. Uh, so there's a lot of that there, but also just like it just is a very bold risk, I think, to if you've got fifty five million dollars ready to be guaranteed to your name, regardless of what you do on the football field the rest of your life, regardless of the injuries that you can incur in the most dangerous sport in the history of the world. Now well, that may not be true. There's probably some. There's yeah, probably some yeah, nice yeah, stuff from a man. couple. Craig probably knows. As we sit today in a modern society, this is the most dangerous su- sport that we play. I just, the idea of, I mean, playing your hand to the point where you're willing to basically sacrifice the $9 million you're fighting for in fines and also risk injury That could damage or tarnish if you don't get a deal done before week eight. Like, I I don't, like, people keep telling me how much leverage Chris Jones has, and I don't see it. It is a bold, dangerous, risky move that is eight weeks away from going away entirely. And the only thing, this team does not make eight-week decisions on $55 million guaranteed money contracts. That's not how this works. This team is planning
0: for the future. So I don't think they're going to f- put themselves in a the corner over eight leaps. I just don't. Let's talk about Chris know, Jones. Oh,
2: go ahead. Yeah, you, know, you want to know the funny part is? Is that if you kind of do the math of what it's going to take, because the Chiefs still have to clear right around $9 million in cap this year. They're,
0: that's that's Chris Jones' remaining leverage, right? Is that she still have to clear cap space. That's correct. the only leverage that he really has left.
2: Absolutely. And they've got other moves they can make. We've talked about them before. Joe Tooney, Travis Kelsey, you know, guys like that that make some sense to move some money around, they could do that. But if you go ahead and you clear that cap space, Chris Jones' average cap hit for the next two years after this one, if you use the Chris Jones extension, is going to be like $32.5 million. That's his average cap hit for each of the next two seasons. Now, cap's going up. I understand why the team is okay with doing it, but this is a commitment at this point, and I just don't understand. that it, he, he either thinks that it's going to be the cap space that they need him for and that they, maybe they've told him, hey, we need this cap space, and that's what the leverage he thinks, or he thinks the defense is going to be really bad, and he thinks that he's going to be the guy that they know it can bring it all together and so by sitting out for two or three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever the case may be, he can show how important he is by not being there. And frankly, I don't foresee Brett Veach and Andy Reid, of all people, in the way that they've handled everything, viewing that in the same light that, it, that he would be viewing it in that scenario.
0: How bad do you think the Chiefs defense has to be against the Lions to even remotely consider changing their offer? What would have to happen against the Lions to even remotely consider changing their offer to Chris Jones from what it is?
2: I don't think it's the Lions. Like, it it has to be Mm -hmm. multiple— I think it has to be, like, two years ago, historically bad for five or six weeks for them to move the needle at all. And Mm -hmm. even still, just from a personal pride and psychological standpoint, I don't know
3: that this team bids.
0: So for like in 2021 with Chris Jones when they were giving up over 30 points per know, game yeah, for five weeks, yes. <laughs> so that was with Chris Jones they did that. So it would have to be worse than what they did with Chris Jones, right? So he's banking on the defense being worse than that. He's banking on them giving up more than like 33 points per game for the first five weeks of the year. Like, is that is that what we're talking about? Or I, mean, I just I I don't know. I don't I don't get the leverage plays that are left. I I agree that's got to be what he's waiting on. Him just saying like, ah, this defense is gonna be so bad without me. They're gonna have to come crawling back. And like, defense- watch this defense. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just that doesn't make like okay. Like I'm not trying like okay. And
1: I'm look, I I'm not trying to hate Chris, hit on Chris Jones for this, but man, if you're actively rooting for your team to be terrible with you, and you know like that's not a if you're if you're actively rooting for your team to be terrible with without you, like I don't know, man, I don't know. I mean, he's we've talked about it. Like, this is not it's it's hurting other players' chances of getting paid because the best version of some of these guys out there is with Chris Jones on the field, helping them helping his teammates get paid. He loves Kansas City. He will never play for anybody else. Like all these And I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to hold back. I just I things just don't add up. They don't line up. And it's a lot of it seems illogical and a lot of things can't be true. You guys can all put together what you think what 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 I mean by that, but a lot of the statements that have been made by the player and the actions of the player don't all entirely line up. For, you can you can put it you can put it together for yourself. I'm not going to say it, but it just some things don't line up for me. And I don't know how I would feel sitting in a locker room where the leverage is you guys suck. You need me. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's getting to a, it's getting to a point where I just, I.
0: I think you get over that stuff because as soon as he comes back, it's like, hey, we're a team again. And you guys were playing as a team without a piece of it. Right. And like, you can call it arrogance, but it's also confidence. He knows he's part of a unit and that he's one of the best defensive players in the world. Literally. So I think that part of it isn't as big of a deal. I just think it's and from his perspective, I don't understand how bad he thinks the defense has to be for the Chiefs to change their mind since they've been really bad for stretches while he's played. That's more of where my mind is like to sit there and think, oh, they're going to be so bad that they are going to change their entire contract to me. Like, I feel like it's got to be substantially bad, which means more than as bad as it was in 21. 20- so I just, that's where I get a little lost. I, when you were talking about holding out and missing time, it's far more likely the defense is Okay than it is they are historically, historically, historically bad enough to change an offer that consists of $55 million guaranteed dollars to one player. It's much more likely they're an okay defense that lowers what the price may be than it is they're so bad they raise it. So it's just, again, my issue isn't with Chris Jones trying to get paid. It's been the way he's gone about it. It's been his strategy for getting paid doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah, it just has to be blatant. like they've got to lose games, you know, 51 to 48. Multiple weeks in a row. Like, it it has to be, yeah, level of bad because, I I mean, I love Steve Spagnuolo. Steve Spagnuolo in the playoffs is the defensive coach that I want the most. When they've started some seasons, it has been rough. Uh, It it has been really rough. So banking on it to be rougher than it has is a lot, especially since Chris Jones, not going to forego an entire season of football because it jeopardizes his earnings in the next couple years to do that. They know he will come back at some point. Now, who knows what kind of you know mentality he's going to be in or anything like that, but when Steve Spagnuolo is starting to dial it up, starting to get ready for the playoffs, starting to get ready for the stretch run, this defense is probably going to have Chris Jones with it.
0: They don't need him I, I until week six. It's right. the Denver Broncos game. That's where they have to have him. And you want to tell me the Chiefs got the Broncos, Chargers, Broncos for week six, seven, eight, that they can't win both those Broncos games without Chris Jones? I'm not okay, believing you. those. Yeah. So, like, okay, you're going to hold on till week eight, then you're going to come back and play when, like Craig said, when the Chiefs need you. Like, I, the logic, man. There's just I, the logic here. I don't get it.
1: It, the, don't. it doesn't, and it doesn't have to. And I continue to maintain, it doesn't have to make sense. Because it just, I mean, and, I don't think you need I don't think anybody needs us to tell them it doesn't make sense. We're all watching it unfold together and just it flabbergasted by some of the things we're seeing right now. Like that's that's just the truth. I mean, it's it's the bizarre. That's it's it's has been some no. weird ones. There's, there's, there's no, some weird ones in Kansas is, City. Yeah. You know what it's, it is? Palette cleanser?
2: It's game week. It's game week, everybody. <laughs> We gonna wash ourselves
1: of all of this conversation oh and get on to actual football that matters. Let's go! Week. Yeah, no, it's it's a big week here at KCSN. Obviously, uh, we will be previewing the game on Wednesday. You can hear only weird games live on Tuesday as well. So we got a lot of content here, getting you ready for the opening of the season. It is kind of disappointing that we haven't really been able to just bask in the celebration. Is the fact that the Chiefs are hanging a banner. On Thursday Night Football, going to be the talk of the National Football League as KC gets put in the national spotlight to start the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. We can't wait. We'll be previewing that game. It is going to be a fun one. Thank you all so much for hanging out and listening, watching. We appreciate
3: you, and we'll catch you later.
0: Time to go tame some lions.
3: Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.